second. Honey, honey, there's a hot topic. Oh, God damn it. Pull, pull the fucking car over. I gotta buy some fucking drip pants. I done did it. I made it happen. You asked for it. I made it happen. Just like this podcast. You are the man. Ha, ha, ha. Ask and you shall receive. You ask and you shall receive. Bum, 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 bum. I'm, not, I'm not mad. I'm impressed that I made that happen so quick. Thank you. Welcome back. This is the show. What, do you, what does Alex say? This is king of the podcast. It's pretty much the best title of all time. Big agree. This is the king of the podcast, unless you identify elsewise, and then it's whatever you prefer of the podcast. Literally, seriously here, folks, Gojira is the king of the monsters, and the March and Mitch show featuring CSP is the king of the podcast. It's a pleasure to welcome you all here this evening. We're going to talk about some fun subjects, ranging everything from, you know, a a good old uh, band of the week, artist of the week, is going to be Gleamer from Fort Collins, Colorado. Mm-hmm. We're also going to talk to Mitchell with our, this time we're not even talking about a straight up nostalgia trip. We're talking about a straight up vintage trip. We're going back to 1984 and 1991 with the Terminator. Get to the chopper. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, that's Predator. <laughs> Damn it. So, uh, I mean, like, if you want to skip, I mean, can I be, can I just like cut in real quick? What's up, bro, Montana? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out there. Like, the, mm-hmm. like, okay, 1984. Let me just take you back. You mm-hmm. got James Cameron, one of his first movies. You got Honored Schwarzenegger. Did you know the Terminator's a bad guy in the first movie? The Terminator is, in fact, the bad guy. He is the villain of the first movie. I was totally taken aback by this. Oh. I'm not entirely impressed. Honestly, I feel like I've wasted my nostalgia trip watching these movies. I haven't watched Terminator. I've tried. I'm I'm burying my soul. I've tried and I've tried. And this is the first time I've finally made it through the entire thing. I'm not a fan. I didn't like it. It feels hollow as far as storytelling goes. You know, when we've covered such amazing movies like Spirited Away, John Wick, like these movies have backbone. And this movie really... The Terminator just feels like a, like a joyless cash. I get, I get, like I sh- enjoyed it more than you did. I think it's a but- shoot 'em up. It's a shoot 'em up Hollywood blockbuster movie, man. There's like Hollywood blockbuster and, movie, and maybe in 1984, like the, maybe that was why the popularity was so intense because in 1984 it was one of the first sci-fi movies that came out that was really like you know as far as CGI or you know special effects, like it really had a lot going for it. But like it, it to me, it doesn't stand the test of time, and maybe that's because. You know, with the with the progression of CGI and technology, so like James Cameron's Avatar, like now I enjoyed that movie, but I promised that I would cover James Cameron. I did it, and there weren't any other ones available to watch for free on the streaming services. So you can blame Netflix, you can blame Hulu, you can blame those guys. The only thing available is Terminator, and I'm not happy about it. This is the March and Mitch Show. Hey, bum 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 bum. <laughs> Thank you, Mitchell, for sharing with us your your prelude to our nostalgia <laughs> piece this week. I'm actually very interested to hear what you have to say uh, more on that topic later, and I'm Black. very very excited. It's very exciting to always have you know new films uh, that are you know what maybe you know old when it comes to the you know length of the length and the longevity of Hollywood cinema, but that shows testament to just, you know, how big movies like this are a big business. And you have your James Cameron's and your Steven Spielberg's last week. And we're talking about, you know, with uh freaking just, I really like avatar in the, in the cinema, but I really would prefer to actually enjoy the avatar made by Brian and Michael. <laughs> Don't even get that. <laughs> Avatar's canceled. Tune in, tune in next week for the Avatar episode of the March and Mitch show at CS. Yeah, we're all canceling Avatar. Oh my goodness gracious. Netflix, okay. Netflix pulled a bamboozle and no one's happy about it. Yep. Netflix pulled a bamboozle. Wait, 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 wait. Are we talking about the James Cameron film or the, or the cartoon? The cartoon. The live, wait, action. The live action adaptation that oh, Netflix is working oh, on. Oh, we don't talk about that yet. <laughs> exactly. Ooh. They pulled, well, they, not the old live action, not wait, the existing one. Wait, no. Netflix is making a new? They oh. are. And it, it is going to come out. We're going to get to see it, but the, the creators of 
the original TV show were involved and they ended up pulling their involvement because they said that there were too many creative differences that couldn't be resolved and they so didn't they, want to put out something that wasn't mm-hmm. <laughs> so they pulled true out. to their creative yeah. form. So they pulled out because there was too many creative differences. Net- Netflix said that they were going to get be Which able, means it's going to suck. Yeah, Netflix. So said, Brian and Mike pulled out yeah. of the situation. They were straight. Yeah, they had were originally granted full, full creative custody. That Netflix somewhere down the line was like, eh, just kidding. We just wanted your names on the fucking advertisement. Get out of here. And so, like, they bailed. And so now we're going to get another uh, M. Night Shyamalan avatar. So, oh, I, I have to say, I really oh, appreciate their oh. honesty and straightforwardness oh, in shit. saying, hey, this is not going to be the thing that you want. It's not the thing that we want. It's going to be. It's Watch gonna, it if you want to, but let's be clear, this is not our doing. It's going to be another. It's going to be a meme. It's going to be the uh, Grand Theft Auto meme. Ah, oh, shit. Here we go again. <laughs> oh, shit. Here we go again. Oh, I can't, I'm, call, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a meme. It's going to be that meme, and it's going to be the Avatar The Last Airbender. It's going to be the Netflix live action series. It's going to be side by side. It's going to be that meme. You heard it here first. Let's talk about the artist of the week. Okie dokie. Coming at you from Fort Collins, Colorado. The artist of the week is going to be Gleamer with their song TTX. Gleamer is a shoegaze, uh, what I would call a post-rock, post-punk kind of band. Their music is very, very atmospheric. They've got lots of verb, but at the same time, they have really clutch instrumentation with very, very broad spectrum of anything from just really tight percussive patterns to very, very open, open, open chords. Their music is just as spacious as our own reality. And with outer space and the reality we all live in today, it can be very, very fun and entertaining to broaden your horizons with different things. And much like we as human beings experiment with different, uh, you know, just realities and consciousnesses, it's fun to have Gleamer broaden our horizons within the musical spectrum, much like we do in our own spectrum of reality. Gleamer's song TTX is going to be our song of the week. Uh, TTX is going to be the main track off their new album, which came out back in May, which is called... How do you spell that? Down Through. Oh, Gleamer is spelled G-L-E-E-M-E-R. Their new album, Down Through, came out back in May, and it's been very entertaining. The main reason why I chose uh, TTX to be the track of the week is because the chorus is literally, it's my party, I can cry if I want to. <laughs> is this is this, is this stolen from a different <laughs> yeah. a different little piece of There's pop culture? 50, yeah, is that what a, that is? Yeah, it's a, as I recall, if I, and I may have heard just a take on it by somebody else, so maybe this isn't even the original, Les, but as I recall, Leslie, it was a... Leslie Gore. Yeah, very high-pitched 1950s lady. Ooh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, my, you, have you guys... I mean, you guys know the song, like... That's what that is. Oh! I like this. It makes me happy. So that's the song. Yeah. My first- <laughs> it's such a fun ditty. I love it. That is kind of a cool, that's a cool little tidbit of Americana to just kind of borrow from as far as communicating, you know, feelings. There's definitely been parties where I've, it was my party and I wanted to cry at it, like my 10th birthday party where my bathing suit fell off in front of my friends and they laughed at me. Hold on. <laughs> but did you, <laughs> yeah, God damn it, Alex. It's my party, I'll wear a dress if I want to. <laughs> but did you like that? Did you like how, how quickly that was set up? Did you impressed? It flex my producer skill right there. Just a bam. That song you were thinking of. Boom. You made Man, it. you really powered that YouTube. <laughs> but also got it to play through an external speaker. Also, it's while true. I'm recording. Sorry. You're, very, you're very talented in everything that you do for this podcast. I literally I'm do not, not know how to do it. I'm not looking for. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, everything here on this table is witchcraft. <laughs> and these are the tools of your wiki trade. I was just saying that, like, you know, maybe now, like when we're talking about a thing and not to derail the artist of the week, but, you know, now when we're talking about a thing, like I can bring it up on the speaker and we know we can just do a little bit of, you know, this. Uh, <laughs> Hey, get down. See? See that's how that cool. works? That's pretty right? cool. That's fun. That's fun. I like this. That is ah, capital. Technology. I've got a new note-taking app. We've got a new music-playing capability. Yeah, new system. Who dis? 
Oh, oh new system. All right, all right. Artist Ayo. of the week, Gleamer featuring. No, Gleamer. The song is Gleamer uh, TTX. Yep, off their album Down Through, which came out back in May and was produced by uh, Will Yip, who has actually been a producer for several of the artists on our talk show, such as Wicked Face Springs Eternal and Tiger's Jaw. This is oh, our cool. song of the week. This is TTX by Gleamer. It's my party. I can cry if I want to. TTX by Gleamer is your track of the week here on the March Mitch Show featuring mm. CSP. It's a pleasure to enjoy Gleamer's music on the daily. One of my favorite memories growing up uh, in my you know middle 20s in Oregon was uh, having the balls to go out and do stuff alone. Me and Mitchell were just talking about during our intermission, like like what we like to do in our in our free time and stuff. <laughs> and we talk about both you? of us. How dare you? Know, you? <laughs> you know, like, Living under a rock and stuff. And like, I, ve- I have ventured outside the rock and I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> hate you know, it out there. Yeah. Exactly. So, I like, have. it's true. Can confirm. Some of the, the most profound, like, blissful memories in my life and, like, most recently have been going to shows in Portland. Listen, I need to find things to make my life worthwhile and things to make my life, things to fill, fill this void in my life to make me happy. I, I moved out here and I had a broke I had a breakup and like I had too much pride to like move back home initially because Ooh. I told myself, you know, uh, okay, I could go home with my tail between my legs or I could start off this new life. You know, I I, I have, like, cool. Thanks for the fresh start. Exactly. So it was kind of like wiping the slate clean and I just told myself, you know what, like I, I, I was a musician for so much in my life and like being a musician, like I'm like okay, is, is music my personality or is music a substitute for my personality? And the way to figure that out was to just kind of run away from it for a while. So I ran away from it for a while and then I realized like, holy shit, I fucking like music. I would run away from music and music would just become, come right back to me. You know what I mean? So I, I would start going to Portland for shows and I'll never forget, uh, you know, I met a gang of uh, people I liked and then we became fast friends and stuff. And I remember one time, uh, this was my first time having a bad time with edibles, actually. <laughs> First bad time with edibles, I went to go see uh, Gleamer was actually performing at this show. And uh, Gleamer from Fort Collins, Colorado, they had their merch guy set up and stuff. I was wearing like, like a Cure t-shirt. Mm. And then their merch guy really liked me because I was wearing like the Cure. It's like, who, yeah. doesn't, who doesn't like the Cure? The of Cure, course. One of the greatest fucking bands. And like, they were so chill and so cool. Gleamer was on tour with a, a band called Movements, which I fucking love. Movements, uh-huh. Movements is like one of my favorite like mental health bands. Like seriously, like go listen to that whole album. Uh, Feel something by Movements. Uh, they're definitely going to be the artist of the week on this show eventually. I cannot fucking wait. I think I've heard them before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have a song I really like. Uh, it's called Day Lily, and like the chorus, like everyone knows the fucking song. It's like I think it's time you had a pink cloud summer, you know, and like it's super, super, like yeah, everybody knows that chorus. emo, <laughs> super, <laughs> super emotional. Everyone emo. named Alex Marchuski knows that chorus, literally. <laughs> but much, much like I try to find, you know, I try to find happiness in my life. It was through the means of music, and Gleamer's show was just fucking amazing. They had these amazing shoegazy. Right, uh, just like songs and stuff with like these really good dream pop elements, and like this is a, this is one of our first artists of the week where we have like a, a shoegazy dream pop band because where most of our territory has been into like uh, just just been mostly sad rap or mm-hmm. or pop punk or or just straight up metal punk. Pop. We've got a lot of things to cover. We're just kind of painting the palette, and right now we're just using yeah. like blue, gray. You know, we're really just like getting started with the painting, and and we're definitely gonna expand. Don't fuck y'all when I get the microphone on a music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, dude, I have been thinking it'd be I'm, fun to do like a trade up one of these dude, days. I'll fuck your night up. I'll put- <laughs> 
going to put on Meshuggah, and I'm going to make you listen to the entire song. Just, oh, yeah, bring it. <laughs> just Meshuggah's math metal album, just straight back in 2005. And does that for 12 minutes. Just different timing. Anyways, but so. I, I actually did have a quick question. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So sorry. I was on Alex, a tangent. Alex, you've said uh, yeah. the term shoegaze or shoegazy yeah. a couple times here. Sure. And until like 30 minutes ago, I did not know what that phrase meant. And then I asked right. you to explain it. Yeah. For any of our listeners who might not know what shoegaze means, do you want to give us a, a quick overview? It, it just means that they're wearing light up sketchers. <laughs> oh! <laughs> 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 okay. okay, did not mean they're wearing light-up sketches, but it would be way cooler if they did. I wish. Yeah, they should. That would definitely enhance their, their live show. But Dude, I frequently wish for Heelys. <laughs> like, when we were back at the, the call center at which we work, there were times when I was walking down the hallways, and I was just like, man, this would go so much faster if I had some fucking Heelys. Until you crash into fucking entire pod. I'd just, fucking tra- crash <laughs> into the director. Yeah, he, <laughs> he just he just put an entire city of San Francisco out to you. <laughs> complete blacklist. Anyways. <laughs> Shoegaze music from what we call is what we refer to as the scene that celebrates itself. Uh, shoegaze musicians typically, maybe they're, maybe they're just gentlemen that don't have a lot of confidence or maybe they're just so kind of rooted in their own scene that they just kind of feel like... Uh, they're kind of performing music and it's just, it's so ambient and spacey that maybe the, on the, they're not trying to flex. They don't have anything to prove. They're not flexing in bands cause they're trying to be like your Pete Wentz's or they're not trying to be like your fucking, you know, uh, freaking like, like, like your ace freely or your freaking, you know, like all those artists. They're not, they're not there. They don't have anything to prove. They're there because they like the music and they're here to celebrate their own types of music. So in a sense, they're performing because they they are celebrating just a long history of bands like uh, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, I'm a big fan of Slow Dive. I've made you guys listen to Slow Dive before, right? No, you haven't. Slow I actually, Dive. Banana, I'm meaning to listen to Slow Dive ever since that one Wicca lyric that's oh. like, listening to Slow Dive, Sorry. eyes like hey. so, so red. I'm like, ah, every time I hear that, I'm oh, like, ah, I should sh- listen to Slow Dive. And then oh, I don't. darn it. I swear to God, I've made you guys listen to No worries. But anyways, just, uh, just really ambient, spacey music. Gleamer's music, it was but like... Yeah, you mentioned it was like, it's so ambient that like half the time they're like just... They kind of gaze at their shoes, yeah. and that's kind of where wow. we get the whole. That's kind of where we get the whole like shoe gaze, uh, you know, <laughs> referendum. And then on top of that, you know, I remember going to see Gleamer on tour with a couple bands, and like I, I had had a what I would call refer to as a bad cannabis trip because I took a bunch of edibles to the face, like nothing can hurt me, I'm invincible because <laughs> of me, and my ego back then. And then next thing you know, like you, you mean know, back then. <laughs> You Zoinks, got yeah. him. You fucker. <laughs> and then freaking, you know, just, I had took a, there's that one cannabis company, Wild. It's like W-Y-L-D, you know? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like freaking, uh, I took like two of those to the face. And like, next thing you know, like everything is just super loud. I'm having a bad time. Next I'm like, thing you know, he's just lying in the middle of a concert room. I wait. <laughs> in, the, in the middle of the mosh pit to Gleamer. He just, <laughs> but nobody nobody's hurting him because it's you know it's a it, everyone's looking at their shoes so they're just kind of staring at him <laughs> right. they're like oh this guy's near my shoes oh this must be performance art <laughs> yes in that in that vein totally and then like i just remember like i was having a bad time listening to a there was like a group called can't swim and they were like they had like <laughs> Straight up, just like five electric guitars, like super loud punk in your face, people growling and yelling. And I'm like, why? I am too stoned for this. Like, I had to like have like chug an IPA to bring me off oh, the edible to, high. Yeah, just to hit the mute button a little bit. And then like go outside for five minutes. Like, I don't remember if this was in the time frame of like when I still smoke cigarettes. If you didn't, you will. <laughs> that was a great time to start. It's just like, yeah, but this is back at the Analog Cafe in Portland. For those of you that fuck with Portland, this is the, before the Analog had closed down. And, uh, you know, I remember going to see Gleamer after I came out from having that episode and Gleamer's music was so soothing and healing that listening to them just made me feel like super duper at peace. And their new album, uh, you know, to me personally, not only is the album artwork beautiful, like let me show my co-host here uh, one second. So like, look at the album artwork. Isn't that just like serene? That's just a nice image. Oh, dude, I do like that actually. That's really good. That's just a nice That's image. so good. Isn't that just a nice image? 
That's yeah. beautiful. Like, it just it makes you feel like the sort safe. of thing that you could see like being like framed on a wall. Like it just like looking at oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. as the phone turns off to the black screen. Sorry. Like, oh yeah. But now down through by Gleamer has mm-hmm. been a good album. You know, you have these tracks like Take and TTX that are really cool that have these good, you know, just shoegaze dream pop vibes. I and miss going to concerts. I mean, I don't remember the one that we went to, but I had a great time. So I'm told. <laughs> can confirm you insisted several times that you're having a great time i mean yeah i mean I, to, to my recollection i also learned that you really don't care for ukulele oh wow <laughs> i i didn't know i felt so strongly about that you do not care for ukulele i you know at what? least drunk you does not care for ukulele well, i think you know what the thing is i think it's overplayed at this point i think like uh one stone uh not stone type of pilots fuck me 21 pilots did it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Once, once 21 pilots kind of i will say there's like one garden song that has ukulele yeah it was oh i was hating on the guy himself for playing it because that was so oh tr- yeah. yeah it was tr- it wasn't the it wasn't the ukulele it was the it was the fact that he was playing it <laughs> it just really turned me off yeah it was a bold move for him to like open the show because I'm, I'm pretty sure he opened with that one I, I think you're pretty cool by garden is the song in question i think you're really cool like oh yeah we don't have to imitate the ukulele now <laughs> i think you're what's it called i think you're really cool i think you're really cool or pretty cool pretty cool i, I think you're really cool Oh, does that start? Out, wait, really does that start out with the the ukulele? Yeah, that song is his only song that's famous for ukulele. There, I mean, oh man, guard it. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Yeah. That's the yeah yeah. <laughs> hey, it's me again. Um. <laughs> yeah so that that's it and and so he starts playing it live at the show and i'm just like not having it again to jack and coke and i feel like you can appreciate this song deep. you can jack appreciate this if you already know garden and know that he's fucking hardcore and cool as shit <laughs> but i understand hearing this and being like why the fuck is this guy with emo he- hair pulling out a ukulele shout out to garden great job it was a good show. By the end of Garden Set, you loved Garden. No. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what you told me several times. No. <laughs> uh, you trust Drunk Mitchell? What do you know? Well, I'm holding you to it forever. So many. I love Garden. So many adventures we express in our lives through the means of music, live concerts, shows, road trips. So many great moments in our life, all communicated by our lust for adventure and through adventure we've created so many good memories as friends not only through the means of being human beings but through the means of being fans of culture fans of music fans of media and that's what we're all about here at the march and mitch show please look up the album down through by gleamer Check out their newest release. Enjoy their new album, which is fucking phenomenal. I have been, I've had it on repeat recently. Uh, get released down and listen to it uh, on a pretty day where it's nice outside. I recommend this album uh, with like a lighter beer or something, maybe a bit more like sweet tasting as opposed to something bitter. Uh, not very much of a liquor album, definitely more of a regular beer album. And then, of course, go on Twitter, follow Gleamer on Twitter, on Instagram, and check out their new merch drop. If you like uh, Varsity Sports-themed merchandise, go cop their new gear. Please check out Gleamer, and please check out Will Yip, the producer, and yeah. enjoy their new album, Down Through. Thank you so much for joining us here at the March Mitch Show featuring CSP. Next, we're going to... Wait, th- what's up? While we're on the topic of What's music, good? What's while good? I've got this new ability, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna flex this new ability while I have it. I would like to show you guys, like just a, just a, a second of Meshuga. This is the one I want. All this, right. this, is the, this is the album. This is the song. Are you can, are you ready? I feel like I'm you're ready immediately for your abusing your new power. I okay. know, right? But I am the Let's producer. See the flex. Let's see the flex. I am the Senate. I am. I have. I both. am the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is this is Mr. Uh, this is Meshuga. This is their. Uh, they're out. This is a Catch Thirty Three album. So, uh, do it. This makes me want to start going back to the gym. Yeah, I'm gonna start weight- lifting weights up because of this. It's pretty. It's pretty fat. Yeah. Actually. So that's like, like the yeah. Again, just in case anyone's curious on like if Mitchell were to take over the music segment, that's what I'd make you listen to, and I I would give you the entire song. 
Fuck. It's <laughs> about to get heavy metal up with this bitch. This this entire album is forty seven minutes long, and it will just it will just turn you around upside down. I I remember listening to this album, and I'm just I couldn't even tell you when the song started. The entire like they use the entire same like guitar riff through the entire song, and they just like slightly vary it. And anyways. Uh, maybe next week I will take over and we'll, and I'll show you some Majigger, whatever. But anyways, that was the art of this week. Um, Gleamer, TTX, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. And Mitchell, thank you for flexing on us so hard that we're in shambles now. We're, we've been destroyed by the heaviness of the <laughs> it's, it's, it's like It's like playing Zelda, the uh, Breath of the Wild. It's like I learned a new skill and I just want to try it out. Just, Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just learned how to, to... It's just lucky that I don't run this podcast and have this power because I would just play an entire John Mulaney special. Just because I could. Spider pig, spider yeah. pig. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you can't. But uh, for those, you know, uh, this might catch somebody's interest. Somebody's like, ooh, I want to hear that. And, you know, then maybe I'll just sh- take us from this, this blue and gray palette and just splash some fucking red on it. I like that. Anyways, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Today's episode brought to you by audibletrial.com forward slash march. As always, audibletrial.com forward slash march. march. Audible. <laughs> We'll be back. Right. Wait, can I recommend a book really quick? Of course. Recommend an audiobook for a CSP. So I just finished Clay's Ark by Octavia Butler. I know I've recommended Octavia Butler before on this podcast, but now is an incredible time to go ahead and listen to her uh, because we have this free trial. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and listen to Clay's Ark. It's a really kind of interesting, spooky, riveting story about a guy Ooh. who goes to an alien planet and contracts a, a virus that takes over his body. Whoa. And he's he comes back to Earth and he's compelled to spread it, but also wants to make sure he's responsible about it. Mm. And all sorts of crazy shenanigans ensue. Ooh, spooky. Check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash March. Thank you, guys. We'll hey, back. welcome back to the podcast. We are here with March and Mitch and also Yo. me, Celine Santis Pond. Hey. So we're going to go ahead and dive into my piece, which is the cultural events, current events, things that happened in the past that somehow relate now segment. And this week we're going to be talking about how I back the boys in blue, which is not a thing I've ever said before in my life. But this time I mean the post office. So oh. we are going to be talking about saving the post office and the current attempts to dismantle it. But first, I want to give a quick blast to the past, going back to something that we covered a little while ago in one of our first episodes. Ah, yes. Yeah. So you guys remember the time that we covered the Facebook groups that were about guys pointing (laughs) guns at their dicks? Yes. (laughs) And how they were like doing it to own the gun owners who are responsible and have trigger safety and don't point their guns where they're not going to shoot. Oh, no, you can't tell me more. So <laughs> I'm sure you guys have no idea what this blast from the past is going to be about. Blast, but, uh, a blast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so much to no one's surprise, one of these guys who had terrible trigger safety and was like owning the libs on it uh, in a group called Pointing Guns at, and it's, it's penis, but it's got in brackets B, so it's penis. So the group is called Pointing Guns at Venus, and it's literally just a bunch of guys who are pointing guns at their own dicks. Boy penis. But why is it B? Uh, Because I'm pretty sure you can't have a Facebook group that says penis. Oh. It stands for boy penis. I would never. (laughs) I don't. Okay, okay. But thank you for elaborating. So (laughs) an unidentified man, they did not give his name, which I'm sure is fine by him. Yeah. uh, Pointed a gun at his penis and he posted a video on this group where he was doing this and did not have his uh so he had his finger on the trigger and accidentally pulled it and he ended up shooting through and so he posted a video of himself doing this ouch and in the video he's like ah it's it's just a graze wound i just grazed myself in fact, he shot through, like, all the way through, clean hole through his penis and his ah! Wait, 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 wait. His penis was large enough for the whole bullet one? Good for him. You know what? <laughs> Silver linings. Silver and linings. That's going to make a so great because story. Of this, so, actually, this guy, actually, I will have to say, he must literally have balls of steel. Because he went to the hospital, got this all taken care of, and went to work the next day. And people in this group are lauding him as a hero. He's been promoted to an admin of the group. 
everybody is making memes lauding him. So that's what's going Holy on with shit. that thing. Good for him. So that's a quick little, you know, touching base on where we've been before. But now a whole new topic. So we're going to talk about how the post office is under attack, which out of all of the things that I thought that I would have to fight for in my adulthood, I never as a kid thought like, oh, I'm going to fight for saving the post. Well, I mean, how else do you expect to get there? Well, yeah, but... Yeah, think, think. Yeah, just kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's one of yeah, those things that we think, very much took for granted. Uh, uh, think before the you idea speak. that you could have a very think, think cheap, effective, yeah, uh-huh. national, it. global postal service. Yeah, take it for granted some more. Why don't you with your privilege? But have you guys heard of this at all? The the push to defund the post office. I've heard what you told me. So yeah, tell everybody what it's about. Yeah. So. Right now, what's going on is that since June, and particularly in the last two months, we have seen, first of all, the United States Postal Service reneging on a promise that they had made that they were going to be able to deliver any mail-in ballots for the election on time. They had assured that they were well-equipped for the capacity to handle the excess of mail-in ballots that were going to occur because of COVID. Right. COVID. Okay. However, since a new postmaster general was designated by Donald Trump, the postmaster the, the postmaster general has reneged on this promise this is and a real issued oh, sure. yes, unfortunately, oh, this is real. And the postmaster general, uh, who's named Louis DeJoy, has reneged on that and issued a warning to forty six states, stating that there's a likelihood that the post office will not be able to guarantee that ballots that are mailed in by the deadline make it to the polls on time. Holy shit. So basically there is a strong likelihood that there's a lot of votes that people mail in that will not be counted. Oh my freaking gosh. That I'm, seems illegal. So we had to put up with Trump more. Right? <laughs> so we got to put so, up with much So yeah, Trump. so yeah. this oh. it's, it's a whole rabbit hole and you know one thing I appreciate about Donald Trump is that he very clearly lines out all of his mis- misdeeds. So it's not easy to it's not difficult to follow this rabbit hole. But so basically what's going on is so the United States Postal Service said, hey, we're not going to be able to deliver ballots on time. It's a likely chance that people will not be able to have their votes cast. And during this, what they've been doing to make that fact a reality is the fact that all overtime for postal employees has been denied. Uh So nobody can work overtime to make sure the post is delivered. Oh, step one. And in addition to this, 600 sorting machines across the nation. Sorting machines can sort mail at 35,000 pieces of mail per sec- or, uh, per hour. Right, right. So that's like an incredible capacity. So 600 sorting machines nationwide, which do sort mail-in ballots, have been removed. And in addition, mailboxes have been removed and locked nationwide. And I'm sure you guys have seen pictures of this on Whoa. social media. Well, no, I have not. But also at the same time, what's the point? Why are they like so out, out of all the years I've been alive, 29 years of living, I've never seen a postal box locked. What's the reasoning behind this? Like whether it be like stupid or not, like what's the reason behind doing this? Well, the reason that that's a really good question. So the reason behind this is that the post office has you know, admittedly been having a severe budget crisis ever since the early 2000s, which is when they were forced into a pledge that they were going to be able to give early pension to every single post office worker. Ah, thank you, unions. Yeah, and so it was basically a completely untenable expectation. So they've been in a budget shortfall for like 20 years now, basically. And it's been worsened by COVID-19, obviously, because there's more people mailing things and there's less people to work. Yeah. So that's obviously been an extra crisis onto this, but this has been an ongoing thing. Uh You know, people have constantly been saying, how do we save the post office? Um, And so in June, Donald Trump designated Louis DeJoy as the new postmaster general. Mm -hmm. And Louis DeJoy has a lot... Of conflicts of interest. Unfortunately, no experience in the post office at all. He's the first person in 20 years to be designated postmaster general who has no United States Postal Service experience. Oh, good for him. So he has no experience in the post office whatsoever, but he does have plenty of conflicts of interest. So that's a good fun thing. So he has a lot of investments that he cut ties with immediately as soon as he was appointed Postmaster General. 
um, including a contractor called XPO Logistics that he was on the board of until he was tapped to be the postmaster general. They're a contractor for USPS, so they stand <coughs> right. to gain from or lose from any choices that USPS makes. Okay, okay. And then we've also got the fact that he had a lot of stocks invested in Amazon, which is a direct competitor to USPS, until he was appointed. So he immediately dropped all of his stocks in Amazon. Uh. And then there's also the fact that he's donated a total of $360,000 to the super PAC called Trump Victory, which is the Trump re-election super PAC. Oh, no. Oof. So... You know, given all of this, there's a lot of things to be concerned about. But Trump, in his own words, literally said that he is cutting funding to the post office or at least opposing extra funding to it because he realizes the fact that more Americans are going to be able to vote. So he said uh, that in an interview with Fox News, he said, now the post office needs that money in order to make the post office work so it can take all of those millions and millions and millions of ballots but they don't get those two items. That means they can't have universal mail-in voting. Mm -hmm. So literally acknowledging if we don't fund the post office, fewer people can vote, and that's good. Okay. And so his argument is that there's rampant voter fraud. Okay. I'm curious to hear, like, how much do you guys think voter fraud is a problem in the United States? Sounds like. Like, none. Well, I remember, like, when I was a kid growing up, they had that big, you know, with, like, the Bush and, like, Al Gore and shit, like, running against each other. <laughs> yeah, they and, had like, the recount. The, there right. was the shit in right, Florida. Florida, the recount. Because of, like, com- the computers crashed or some <laughs> shit, or just, like, well, I mean, like, also think about it, you know, if there's all these old, old, old people and, like, they use the mail to throw in their votes. <laughs> right. And, like, if they can't use the mail to do their votes for Trump, <laughs> <laughs> They're just gonna die. Uh, just like I mean, I wasn't gonna go that direction. But it was, it was like, <laughs> it's not far from the truth. But if I remember correctly, I think I think what what you might be able to uh, just like instigate is just like if there if less people have access to voting, then it's more likely that the president can get reelected. Is that what we're trying to like? Is that kind of like this? It's kind of the subconscious. Is that like the yeah. Scooby Doo mystery? Yeah, it's kind that's, of that's. The conspiracy behind everything here. I mean, if I was Trump, that's what I would do. So, like, there's that for free thinking. So, you know. Right. So so (laughs) his argument is that it's to quell, like, rampant voter fraud that's going to occur if he allows people to mail in their votes. And admittedly, per CNN and a couple other uh, organizations, as many as 50% of Americans are going to mail in their ballots this year because of COVID. Yeah, half. And the post office Oof. has stated that they're going to be able to handle that capacity, but now under joy, reverse that. So, oh, yeah. And so, I, and I've got a few different studies that we can look at as far as proof that, you know, mail-in voter fraud isn't really that big of a thing. But there's literally just Google America voter fraud, and you'll find all of these studies. America voter fraud. Um, <laughs> dot com. Ooh, one that goodness. I think is good is from the Brennan Justice, uh, Brennan Center for Justice, which finds that at most voter fraud rates are at 0.00009%. Seems like a really, really like in, inefficient way to create fraud. Like, if, like in today's world, 2020, like if you're going to do fraud, it's going to be virtual digital fraud. Like you're not, right. you're not mailing in like fake votes. No one's like, oh, yeah. I mean, like I. So I will say that I did technically have the opportunity a couple years back to commit voter fraud because I received a ballot from my home state of Arizona as well as a ballot from Oregon. Oh no! I'm a good person, so I didn't commit voter fraud that year. Oh, oh. your one vote. Oh, but God. also, they most likely would have caught that in the Arizona primary and been able to figure that out. Maybe. Um, I mean, look at our home state of Oregon which has had mail-in voting exclusively for 20 years, we found 14 cases in 20 years of proven voter fraud. That seems like not a lot of attention is being paid. (laughs) Fair enough. I I will say that it's all a matter of, you know, how much are you catching versus how much is actually happening. At the same time, what kind of impact do you expect to have through mail-in voter fraud if there's 14 cases? Right. Like if I could have committed voter (laughs) fraud that one time between mailing in a ballot to Arizona as well as Oregon, like 
Sure, that's bad. I'm oh, not that, saying do ah, that, but then, I will say like that's a pretty much drop in the bucket. Ah, the nineteenth case, <laughs> like <laughs> the nineteenth case of voter fraud. Ah, here we go. Ah, voter fraud. Ah, how could you? Ah, ah. Now Trump has yeah, his so, edge. So this is basically <laughs> this is basically not an issue. Yeah, it's um, and I feel like Trump himself acknowledged the fact that it's not an issue because. Literally in this year of our Lord 2020, like four months, less than four months ago, like three months ago, Trump mailed in his ballot to vote in the Florida primary from Washington, D.C. How dare you be the 19th (laughs) So clearly he's not that worried about mail-in voter fraud. Obviously it's safe enough for him to use. But so ultimately I see this as a pretty like tripart Conspiracy, yeah. There's an alt, basically there's, to to corrode the vote in this election. There's an alt narrative at play here to in order to to basically quell the voter. Yeah, populace. And, and and here's my my three part story is okay. First of all, you know Donald Trump, as I'm sure you guys have noticed, has been dismissing the threat of COVID nineteen. He had several rallies scheduled. Uh, there was that hilarious one in Tulsa where all the TikTok teens back. were like. Hey, sign up to attend this and then don't. And then he threatened to ban TikTok. Oh, my goodness. I remember. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, he wanted, like, churches to be maxed out during Easter. And it's like, we're not supposed to be hanging out this close together and shit. And it took him months and months and months to agree to wear a mask. I actually saw a picture of him in the Secret Service and none of them were wearing masks. And Ivanka is in the background with a mask. Ah, or the fact that he calls it the China virus. Oh. Right, yeah, the Wuhan really? virus. The, this the, is fair. What? Oh, yeah. He's, oh, the China God. virus is what caused the pandemic. Oh. And this is uh, this is America's biggest uh, uh, hurdle to, to, to come over is, is the China virus right now. That's my best Trump. <laughs> and in fact, yeah, and, and in fact, he actually said that he was going to cancel TikTok to punish China for releasing the Wuhan virus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so oh, he said Wuhan. So good for him, good for him. He knows he That's, knows a city in China. <laughs> so much better than the China virus. God bless him for trying. Oh, so I would say that there's the reason we need to be really concerned about this to kind of wrap this up. Okay, is the fact that I th- I see a three pronged kind of conspiracy or or concerted effort here. Rather. Just like Pittsburgh. So, good for you. I see, first of all, the fact that Donald Trump has been dismissing COVID concerns, as we've been talking about. Mm. So his supporters who see COVID and contamination as Mm -hmm. a politicized thing and something to tear down Trump, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. his supporters are the ones who are more likely to go out to the polls, which actually was really supported by the primaries that were held earlier this year in May and June, (laughs) in which... Democrats were the majority of people who mailed in their ballots. Nope. Don't like that. <laughs> so Democrats are more likely to vote by mail. Uh-huh. Trump has been downplaying the concerns about going out in public to, say, voter polls. And so that means that his supporters are more likely to go out and vote and make sure their vote is counted, whereas Democrats are more likely to be left out. Yep. And then finally, and kind of hilariously, Trump has been sending out pamphlets in at least one state of North Carolina He's been sending out pamphlets on how to sign up for early absentee ballots to Republican voters, like registered Republicans. And they've got like a sign that's got his name on it and his face. And it's like, don't let the Democrats win. Register to vote now. Right. So he's actively making sure that his voters, the ones signed up to vote early, while also trying to make sure that voting by mail is severely limited. So he's aware of the fact, hilariously, Uh That he is not going to be able to win if he does end up having most people vote by vote Holy by mail. Holy shit! So he's trying to flex the odds in his favor. Like hilariously, oh, he is shit. admitting the fact that if people vote, he's going to lose. Oh my fucking god! Damn it! So that's basically where we end here. Do do do. My beard hurts. Yeah, well, that makes my head hurt. So thank you, Celine. <laughs> that was an amazing... Fuck me, what? Also, can I just say can two do, things? Yeah, please do. Which are, first of all, the fact that we actually don't need to really worry about this too much. Like, we definitely should be concerned about the fact that our president is trying to throw an election because 
I was under the impression we live in a democracy. But also the fact that after actively trying to get the post office, Donald Trump on August 17th tweeted out in all caps, save the post office, which is like when you shoot somebody and you're like, ah, someone call 911. Also, the fact that the American Postal Service Union has an awesome new insignia that they put out that says nothing stops the post and it has snow, rain, heat, night, and fascism all crossed out. So nothing stops the post. Nothing no, stops don't the like post. That. Okay. Well. Nothing stops the post. Oh, sweet Lord. Nobody wants to deal with this. Not even me. Not even I. Not even Alex Celine. That is some that is some top tier bullshit. Fuck that. I'm out. Can we elect someone that's not the yeah, Can we play a different game now? And yeah, here, I will <laughs> say, one. I hate to tell people what to do, but I will say that even as a person who has historically not voted in a lot of elections, I will say this one is especially important to vote in. If just for the fact that the president thinks Shit. that if you don't vote, he will win. I mean, I, go ahead and vote. Yeah. So he doesn't win. I kind of like where your head's at. Yeah. And this might be the first election I've voted. Holy shit. I have a chance to make a difference. But your choices are or fucking peach, peach with the toupee or fucking pedophile with with a sniffing problem. Like this is a lose lose situation. Nobody wins in this election this year. Like who who are the contestants of Joe Biden as pedophile? Why? Because he because we don't not- have anything to necessarily. Oh no, that. he just loves sniffing people without their permission from behind and when they're sixteen or under. And we do have. Jeez, ew. And let's be clear, <laughs> we do have a confirmed statement from somebody who says that Biden, yeah, assaulted and, her, uh, yeah, and, as an adult. And I just the, uh, let's. I think that we should be careful about the terminology we throw around. Oh, I'm just saying the the, the videos aren't enough for you of him just like. Weird, evil, like evil Disney villainy. Like, what is that about? Why is he just sniffing people? Yeah, he's like a he's like a nineteen nineties evil Disney villain. Just like weird as fuck. Like, like behind these young children and just like, (sighs) (sighs) yes, my. It's weird. It's fucking weird. Mitchell, you're scaring me. Stop. He no. There's like I just want to say though, like Joe Biden doesn't have a track record of all of the kids in cages. At the border. Just his and public as videos. as much as oh I hate to say God. vote for the lesser <laughs> evil, as much as I hate to say vote for the lesser evil, no, I do think no, that this election no, is really uh, important to get your vote out. This is why I hate voting, because like voting for the less, voting for the lesser evil makes me so upset, because it's like, ah, cool, you don't have to lose both your arms, you only have to lose one of your arms. Ah, that's America. Ah, you get to keep one arm. It's like, ah, this is so stupid. I hate it. Joe Biden's creepy ass videos are all over the internet. Go watch him. He's so fucking weird. Oh my he may be God. less evil than Trump. I don't know. Trump, you can find Trump on the <laughs> Well, but still one of them is going to be president. Yeah. But you Do know, you want what? the I, I, absolute definitely uh, like rapist pedo. Or the one that's in, guy in, which with one? the dismantling the postal service. The one that's included in the flight logs or the ones that you could see in person on video. Oh, I don't know. Which one's worse? I hate America so much. I quit. We're going to cover like some oh, fun stuff. Yeah, blah. after this. I need a nap. <laughs> yeah, I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> this is the fucking worst reality timeline. Do, do, do. I'm living in a nightmare. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's past my bedtime. Oh, okay. Well, let's finish strong. We'll Team. finish strong. All right. Okay. <sighs> How are you doing, everybody? We're doing good. We're coming up to the home stretch. We've talked about culture and media with CSP. We've talked about our artist of the week with yours truly. And as we come down to the fourth quarter of this <laughs> of this podcast football game, we're going to talk to you about not just a nostalgia trip, but we're going on a full-blown vintage trip going to 1984 and 1991 with the Terminator. Get... <laughs> I, I I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much his only line in the first one. Yeah, yeah. And he was the bad guy. Yeah, he was, he was the Terminator. He was the bad guy. He was the bad guy. I mean, so. his his first three lines are just repeating things that other people said to him. It's yeah. It's yeah. I I and 
1984 might have been a stretch again. This is not necessarily a nostalgia trip for me, but... Uh, and then, so we're not pulling the wool over my eyes. This is fact. The Terminator, number one, the first movie was from 1984? Yeah, yep. He's, okay. a, he's a motherfucking bad guy. We're not we're not doing the John Wick bullshit where nope. we said it was, it was 2004, my ass. We're not lying this time. My, my dumb ass believes it. Nope. <laughs> okay, cool. Real talk, yeah. Okay. Uh, it, and it, it only because I was trying to to provide some uh ex, you know inclusivity to to the previous episode. I was like, I'll find a James Cameron film, and it just it just it, again Mew. we covered it at the start of the episode. Uh, it's just like I'm I you know, and I'm not a fan. I thought I would be. I if I gave it, a, if I gave, I liked it more than you did. I think I gave it a fair shot. I watched the first one. I watched the second one. The second one, admittedly, much better than the first. They so, say Terminator 2 Judgment Day is like one of the best sequels of all no, time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It definitely no. So the first one, okay. Schwarzenegger's the bad guy. He's the Terminator, mm-hmm. and he has like three lines in the entire movie, and he's the robot from the future, come back in time to to murder uh Sarah Connor, who is the motherfucker who's got the baby inside of her, uh to who who burrs the leader of the, the John Connor who yes yeah he's the he's the future leader of the rebellion right so they okay. want to murder her they fail uh, and and uh, the plot twist of the first one is that the guy who goes back in time is the guy who impregnates her with John Connor. Oh, surprise. Whoa, Whoa making babies. Yeah, we literally called <laughs> this like we were watching the movie and we're like, oh, he's the he's the dad. He's the dad. Turns out, guess what? He's a dad. So, yeah, the guy from the future comes back, bangs Sarah Connor. Bangs. Boom, boom, bing, bang, boom. Bangs. Yeah, Sarah Connor gets pregnant by the guy from the future. She gets pregnant, and and uh, that that's that's who is John Connor. John Connor is then birthed by the lady from the uh, timeline, and that's the leader of the rebellion. But in the s- second one, okay. uh, it's pretty cool because got baby John Connor. This movie is great. S- sequel really does a much better job because this in the sequel, guess what? Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger comes back. Guess what? Ah, crazy! They've reprogrammed uh, Schwarzenegger as a, as a, as a, one of the the T Terminators to be a now. He's a protector. He's a good guy now. He's oh. a good guy now. Yeah. And, which is much more interesting than the original where he's just the bad guy and has zero lines. So now he's a good guy and he's <laughs> protecting John Connor against the liquid mutant who is just chasing them around the entire movie. And again, it's so Hollywood. That shit was scary. <laughs> it's I will I have to say I love the contrast between the special effects in Terminator One and Terminator Two. Like Terminator One, we were arguing over whether it was like yeah. Like the Terminator, ter- Terminator. Once he like has all of his skin melted off and stuff, and he's just the metal skeleton. Yeah, we were arguing over whether he was uh, like CGI or stop, stop motion, motion yeah. because he was so like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and then there was like clearly a green screen in the background at one moment. Yep. And then we go to Terminator Two, where the villain just like melts into a pool of silver. And reconfigures himself however he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the CGI from oh. 1984 to 1991, huge jump, leaps and bounds. <laughs> and, and, the sto- and the story just seems to be better. Sarah Connor's stuck in a, a same asylum. She escapes due to her son and the Terminator and the uh, liquid cyborg from the future. He's the newest model. And it's, uh, it, again, it's just Terminator 2 just really does a much better job holding up against this time versus Terminator 1. Again, it's 1984. So, like, I imagine for 1984, this is top of the line. It really did, when it was 1984, it did the job it was supposed to do. But if you go back in time and, like, it's, it, like, again, like, I wanted to watch Back to the Future or We're, you know, <laughs> or we're Back, the animated dinosaur uh, classic. We're Back! You know, yeah! <laughs> 
I never saw it before or heard Dude, of it. I, so good. So you you came over a little bit early. If you had just waited like forty more minutes, we would have been. We covered. expected you to be late. Yeah. If you had just like if we had just finished, <laughs> we're back. We would be covering. We're back. But I like, like being on time for stuff. No, no, no. It, <laughs> no. It's okay. Like we'll probably finish it tonight for sure, and we'll cover it next week. But we're back by. Oh, it's an and it's an animated classic, nineteen ninety three. Steven Spielberg is an executive uh, producer on that film, and we're back. Itches all the nostalgia that you could possibly want. But again, we're James Cameron. We're covering him. I'm gonna cry thinking oh, about that. Dude, all we're day. back is so good. It's, I'm gonna start crying. John Goodman plays the T Rex. There's so. I many, thought so. I was wondering. Oh, there's so many emotions. And it, like the hot dogs in the beginning of yeah. the movie just like remind me of like my childhood. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap up. We're gonna cover. We're gonna cover Terminator one and two, even though like begrudgingly, I'm not a huge fan. Like I, I finally finished one and two. And started watching three. I started do- started watching three. Oh, okay. Fun fact: it's not directed by James Cameron at all. It's just a fucking shameless cash trap. I do cash I do trap. have a tie to the Terminator universe, but I want you to say your piece first. That's that's pretty much it. Like I'm not even gonna do like a a ra- like a, a three minute. Ex- it's just not worth it. You you wanna you want a quick expedited Terminator wrap up? Guess what? Robot and human come from the future. Robot and human fight from the future. Robot and human battle it out till the blockbuster uh, big bang boom uh, with, you know, explosives and shit until the good guy is the last man standing. That's it. That's all you need to know about the Terminator plot story. It, there isn't a ton to, to carry the weight. It's pretty fucking basic. It's not a great movie, but I'm glad it exists. I'm glad a lot of people enjoyed it through their childhood, through their adolescence, during the movie. But, like, it, it, the movie doesn't stand the test of time. Johnny Tsunami does a better job. <laughs> Although, like you pointed out, it does have a lot of similarities to The Matrix, which uh, came out later. It, so it, it does feel like The Matrix It feels like grabbed. it laid yeah. an important groundwork. The Matrix may or may not have steal the entire plot line from Terminator and added a plus one to the plot line <laughs> to make it their own, but... Whatever. We're not here to. It's like not, that meme of like, can I borrow your homework? Yeah, okay, but just, just make sure that. It, yeah, make sure it doesn't look like you just copied it. And there it's does seem to be a lot of parallels between the machines taking over in the future and going back in time to the machines taking over in your own timeline, creating a false reality, and there being one person being the hope of the universe, one being John Connor, one being Neo. Whatever Whoa. I don't know. Yeah. Wait. It, so what you're saying is that if I if I make like Neo, and and like I jump off a building like in the movie, I can uh, wake up in the Matrix. That's that's the point, right? That's the point of all of this, right? It all makes uh, sense to me now. It's, it's either your holy yeah. shit, CSP and Mitchell. Thank you so much for opening my eyes. It all makes sense now. I need to freaking just jump out, <laughs> jump out the window into the matrix. It all makes sense now, guys. Are you gonna take the red pill or the blue pill? Oh shit balls! I actually do have a fun tie to the Terminator universe, though. Uh, my family uh, in Las Vegas runs Shiny Star Home Care, and uh, it's actually they they we we actually took care of a gentleman. His name was uh, so so the son. The son is an actor. They come from a family of actors, singers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the guy's name, I forget the grand, the dad's name. The dad was a very old man. We took care of him in our, in our home hospice thing. Yeah. He actually um, had a son is, and the son's name was, uh, fricked my life in half. But anyways, he, he, an odd name. Where does that come from? <laughs> it's, it's actually Polish. No, I'm just <laughs> freaking my life. No, but it was, uh, his name was Thomas Decker. Actually, his name was Thomas Decker. And if you look up like uh, the uh, like the IMDb stuff for Thomas Decker, he's actually been in a lot of stuff. So Thomas Decker's dad is actually someone that was in our hospice care. And unfortunately, we had to let him go because mm-hmm. um, someone who was in his care ac- accidentally, like we like someone uh, in the in the care facility, like wasn't responsible. And like uh, and the dad actually like got out in the middle of the night. Oh, wow. Oh, unfortunately, no. but luckily, luckily he was safe. And like yeah. but, and like uh, someone you know, someone that had spotted him and luckily he got picked up and he was safe. And like, you know, he, cause he, he was like, he had dementia and stuff. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. he would just like, if you see an old man walking around late at night and he does not know where he is, <laughs> he probably, Go ahead and assume he please, needs to find his way home. Yes, please, please, please. Like seriously, like, like call like a professional. It, it, to it's come not a fantasy yeah. fiction film. He's not, if he's not 
gone from the future. He needs. To, <laughs> he he need, just needs to go to bed. He needs to be returned where he came from. Yeah, seriously, seriously. But his son was Thomas Decker, and Thomas Decker actually played John Connor in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Holy shit! Oh, no way. Right. Yeah, so it was like it was a Fox TV show, and like apparently it was a pretty big show. Like at the time, I was like seventeen or sixteen, so like all I cared about in high school was like you know just like looking cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For girls and playing and playing music and stuff <laughs> and football. So like that's all I cared about back then. But like I mean, as far as the TV world, like the Sarah Connor Chronicles was like a big thing back in the day. Yeah. So like he actually played John Connor on the show. Wow. And it was like really cool. And like Fun. he was he was a Hollywood actor. So like it was crazy to be like we'd take care of his dad every once in a while. <laughs> I would see him and be like, Hey, what's up, bro? And like this dude was like really cool looking and like he would he would dress like super hip and stuff. And I was like, he was so Hollywood. It was crazy. But actually he he if you if you go on IMDB, look up the Sarah Connor Chronicles and Thomas Decker played John Connor on the show. A lot of people also don't know this, but he he played the he was the voice actor for uh Five Mouskowitz. In oh no! Wait, yes. American Tail. Yes, yes. Oh my God! He played Five Old Mouskowitz. I'm not bullshitting this. I know, I know. Alex Marchewski is great at bullshit stories, but this is actually true. American Tail is one of the best movies ever created. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, love it, I yeah. haven't seen it. Get out! It's a really Get out. It's a really, it's a really cool animated animated feature because his mom, because his mom was a singer. Five like, Goes West. Yeah, yeah. Five Goes West goes fucking hard in the paint, motherfucker. That's yeah. like one of the deepest, most sad movies. You're sad by the first. 15 minutes five goes west you're just like oh my god why is this poor mouse dealing with this and tragedy <laughs> this poor fucking field mouse is just dealing with so much trauma and then he also played the brontosaurus baby in the land before time wait the bron wait hold on the brontosaurus baby little foot he's little foot little foot he's little foot yeah, he's little foot. Yeah, yeah, dead ass. I'm like, I'm not making this shit up. We actually took care oh, of. Got to do that as a nostalgia trip. Yes. Well, we go upstairs. We're going right. We're, yeah. we're, right now, we're going. Uh, we're gonna. We're, we're going. We're gonna cancel this rest. Of the, we're gonna go watch. The little, show is canceled. The we're watching can- Alien Before Time right now. I need to go do watch do this right do now. And Holy shit. I'm a <laughs> But no, it was like really, he was like too cool for school. Like it was crazy. Like he would actually tell me like, yes, yeah, so I was drinking wine with Megan Fox. I'm like, what the fuck? No, you weren't. And what? What? No, no fucking way. Like crazy shit. But yeah, he didn't, he didn't tell me too much of his Hollywood escapades, but we took care of his dad and he was a really nice family. I actually took a few acting classes with uh, the mama because they were nice and they extended that invitation to me. What? But um, other than that, though, like, yeah, it's crazy. He was a part of the Terminator universe. And like, if you've actually seen the Sarah, Chroniker, Sarah Connor Chronicles, like, yeah. please let me know if it actually was a good show. But it, it aired on Fox when I was in high yeah, school. Yeah. So it would have been like 2010. Oh, I nine. have heard of the Chronicles. Yeah, the Sarah sure. Connor Chronicles yeah. was a show. But he, he played uh, John Connor on the show. And I guess I think it's just like Sarah Connor, like being badass, and, like like kicking ass and like jumping over tables and shit. Yeah, yeah. It's a super high, high velocity show for sure yeah something like that yeah but that's my that's my only tie to the terminator universe and that's all i have to contribute this week to our nostalgia <laughs> wow, that's amazing that's, that's the greatest story i've ever heard this is real i'm not i'm not making this up i, I promise I, I believe it i believe you Whew, with that with that let's just let's just wrap up the, we had a beer of the week marchuski's brewski let's go let's let's, let's wrap one. yeah I like let's this do one. this the marchuski's brewski is you want me to do this right now? Yeah, ba 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 ba. Ba 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 He's March Alex Marchuski. Tasting all different kinds of brewskis. Alex <laughs> Marchuski. Curing all cases of dogs with rabies. Nom nom nom. Brewski <laughs> of the week. If your if your dog or animal or baby has a case of rabies or is foaming at the mouth, please report them immediately to the the CDC. <laughs> but but uh, but we actually have a really cool beer this week. To keep it brief and sweet and short and sweet, we have the Founders Brewing uh, the Dirty. Bastard Scotch style ale, and this is actually a beer that, while it looks intimidating on paper, <laughs> actually has really good, uh, really good multi notes of what like campfire. <laughs> it has some yeah, camp- yeah, campfire it's like vibes. chocolatey. It is chocolatey too. This is true. I can't drink one more, like more than one. Yeah, yeah. This is something. That- it's like a dessert beer. It is very, very much s'mores. like a. Cho- it's like it's like a big chocolate s'more dessert yeah. ice cream. It's very thick beer. It's tasty. It reminds me of when I was in college. Uh, we used to go hang out and we would all drink this beer called the Chocobock that was part of the Sam Adams. <laughs> the yes. Chocobock. I shit you not. It's called the Chocobock. The Chocobock. And it was part of like Sam Adams had like this winter lager kit. What I used to do is when I was really depressed in like college, I used to I used to not go to work at the Hard Rock and instead I would go <laughs> to my friend Brandon's house and I would just I would just like 
watch Netflix at his house all day and, and be sad and drink these beers at, yeah. at age 20. <laughs> what a life. That's, and, that's it. Man. And not go to, and, and like, would like, would like not go to college classes or not go to like fucking work for the day and would just be sad during the winter and just fucking. <laughs> just wait for this. This literally, and I would drink, and I would drink these beers in the Sam Adams winter pack. And I just kind of realized eventually like, holy shit. There's so many beers to try in the world. Yeah, <laughs> I used to. I used to have a jubilee jubileal, which was one from you could get from Costco, and and yeah, it was a winter oh, beer. Costco. Oh, yeah, ju- jubileal. Was that Deschutes? I think so. Yeah, but like me, and I, I rem- love the jubileal. I re- oh man, I re- me and my buddy when we were like uh, seven, sixteen, seventeen, like we were drinking. <laughs> my mom let us get this beer. We were drinking the jubileal beer. We're like, oh, this is such a good beer. Fast forward to like 10 years later, I'm trying Jubileo going, <laughs> why did I think this beer was going to, it was not a good beer. So, uh, hashtag, uh, this beer out, outlasts that beer for sure. This, this is a much better beer than, than the Jubileo. Check out the fan fa- from founders brewing. This is the dirty bastard Scotch style ale it actually does have a bit of a Scotch taste aftertaste to it, but while it has lots of maltier chocolate notes, definitely different from our normal beer we've had on the show, which is typically a good hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. Alexander Marchewski gives the founders brewing and dirty bastard Scotch style ale, uh, four point, no, no, let's be a little bit more like on the on the angrier side, you know, to, to be like a real bastard. Let's Three, keep this spicy. Let's, keep, seven. let's give us a 3.89 yeah. ruined, uh, ruined Christmases out of, <laughs> <laughs> out of five. Ah, I there like you go. that. That's perfect. Yeah, hey, don't talk about my mom like that. <laughs> and with that, this has been another uh, episode of the March and Mitch show featuring Celine SP, thank you all for joining us. That's our time. It's very late. I need a nap. Let's get this guy some rest. We love you all, and you're all beautiful. Have a great night. We're signing off.